0: You're listening to the 50th episode of Flogger Presents, which provides insights into the minds of photographers, models, publishers, inventors and others from the photography industry. In the show, we feature an array of previous guests, including Analog Wonderland, Instinctive Photography, Jason Dryplates Lane, Chroma Camera, Paul Lefkoe and Emulsive. I'm even going to tell you the timings for each guest too. So, numero uno is the bloke who has more film than anyone. At 23 minutes, we have some Lincolnshire lad. Then at 37 minutes, we have the two crazy inventors. At 66 minutes, we feature a happy bloke from LA. And finally, at 79 minutes, we have some infamous blogger. This episode is a catch-up, so we discuss important topics like life changes, collaboration, websites, kickstarter and plate holders, latest shoots, podcasts, award nominations and scanning. You'll be excited to know there is some real truth in this episode too. Like Flogger's embarrassing accident, Origin of Random Questions, Why I'm an Honorary Scouser and my favourite film. Hope you enjoy and please listen after the end for a personal message to you all listeners. Let's roll the theme tune and await your host, Andrew Warmsley.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 50. So this is a landmark uh, issue, a one-off special. Uh, it's my absolute pleasure to have been po- uh, podcasting so long, get my words right. Um, I met some amazing, amazing people. Uh, we've become friends with so many. Um, so what I wanted to do for this special edition is to invite um, some of them people back on. So what lays ahead is unsure um, at this point. Uh, quite a lot of people have been invited, and we're going to try and get on, even if it's for a few minutes.
2: Hello, it's Paul McKay introducing himself on the flogger, just for a change. Um, <laughs> the names have been handed over, not permanently, thank goodness. Um, but I've been invited on very kindly to be part of your fiftieth fiftieth celebration. Um, yeah how are you doing
1: yeah really good mate thanks a lot for coming on again
2: oh no it's an absolute pleasure i must admit i was a little bit worried when it was booking a friday evening slot (laughs) i would uh a remember and b be able to stay awake um (laughs) i've just about managed both it's close but yeah life as a as a relatively new father my friday evenings are, are different to what they were
1: yeah uh, it's really cool for someone like me so it, it always feels like payback because <laughs> once you're like a couple of years and you're like god it's someone else's turn yeah i remember how hard that was
2: i know my um my younger brother uh him and his wife they have their first due in a few months and you're right um... i'm getting to the stage where i'm i'm, I'm looking forward with glee to, to um, watching them uh, experience it it's just part of the fun isn't it all part of the fun
1: it is, yeah. It's massive learning experience. We'll not talk about your second child, which will be coming.
2: <laughs> not talk about anything like that.
1: <laughs> no. Um. It, yeah. It's it's an amazing experience. Um. I think it helps you grow personally. Um. I, I know it did me. It really, really affected me. Um. In in strange ways. I think you've got better humility towards people as well
2: okay start with we'll some, see we'll see exactly yes <laughs> we'll definitely see no, Um. it's exciting it's exciting it's been a big part of the last year um for me for us for the business i suppose as well um it's mm. nice to have a situation where yeah things develop at the same developing yeah and, and i suppose across different aspects of life um at the same time um and I think when I look back at this past twelve months then the business and the and fatherhood will be the two themes
1: yeah well i I think it's amazing so it? uh, you're just over a year in now mm-hmm. uh, and you've become a father so um you know it's it's a great great thing two totally different things um obviously we're very proud you've know, you become a dad that's an amazing thing and um you know we all respect your company for what you do it's it's you know, it's been really cool. Um, so let's have a catch up. What hmm. has happened in 12 months?
2: <laughs> well, there we go. That's a lot. So <laughs> I think for, for people who, who haven't heard of me or haven't heard of the company, um, so I started Analogue Wonderland with a business partner just over a year ago. Um, analogwonderland.co.uk, a film store online, specialising in um, all of the wonderful world of film that exists today. And, um, and I think the two goals we have really is, is making it really easy and fun for people to be able to stock up on all of them. And I think when I say, when I keep saying all of them and lots of films, I always like to stress that I think the world is world of film is bigger than HP five and Kodak portrait much as we mm-hmm. love those emulsions in particular. And there's yeah. nothing wrong with them. Let me say yeah. that straight off the bat. I'm, they're both uh, in my personal shooting bag all the time, but um the world of the independent uh filmmakers the people who are experimenting um across the world really um and trying to give them an outlet for people to be able to find and stuff up on those films as well as all their other ones and then secondly uh yeah the community support is, is one thing that we and, and i really tried to focus on across the last year is um again film's been in this really interesting place where after a few years of tough times for everyone it's getting a Better, but there's still not really the bigger infrastructure that people can slot into. Um, so we spend a lot of time talking to different artists, different, different small companies, different manufacturers, people who are just trying to do different crazy things, um, either with photography, creating images and projects and scenes and things, or um, you know, uh, products to products that that help other people achieve that same mm-hmm. goal. You know, we talk a lot to. People like Ethan, the camera dactyl guy in the US, who every week mm. comes up with a new crazy 3D printer <laughs> with the goal of making something about film photography easier. So that's really what we tried to do. And I think, um, yeah, our birthday was, what, in the middle of May. We had a big uh, festival about it. Um, had a lot of fun with it. And uh, and now we're sort of, yeah, into, into year two and thinking about how we can push it on and what we can do next. Mm. So...
1: Your original plan was it two hundred films in year one?
2: Well, we were very proud to launch with one hundred and seventy films. Yeah, um, which and then we, we, exactly, which which was a number that surprised us when we you know really saw it written <laughs> down, and then when we talked to people when we launched, that was a that was a big number that people sort of uh, responded to very positively. Like oh, I didn't realise, um, but then by December it was over two hundred. Um, and now I, I mean, I really should count it back up, we're we're probably on the way to two fifty now, of course, there's some films that are dropping back out um yeah, so, the and that well, exactly some of the fujies, and also a couple of the Lomography ones, like the cross pro um, mm-hmm. are coming out the Lomography are bringing way more, so you know overall it's an upward trend. don't get me wrong, but yeah. there's that um, but you know what I think of it as generally speaking, I know Fuji film is probably a uh, a sore point for people and quite rightly so. I think uh, mm. the way that's handled in the communication is not the way that I don't think any of us in the community would design it as such. But mm. um, apart from that, it, it is starting to feel like a, an industry that is healthfully looking at what uh, people can bring, what what's new and what's important for people and, and maybe um, trimming back where it's not as essential. I don't know. That's where it seems to feel to be much more stable than it was even a year, year and a half ago. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's really interesting. Um, I mean, that's a massive jump, and so for like one hundred and seventy to nearly two hundred and fifty, absolutely incredible. So yeah, you you've jumped up so many films. You you work you're trying to introduce all the things, not just films, which is. Really cool, because, I mean, it's something we've said to you, in it, that um, sometimes you can't help but shop elsewhere because you need that other thing, a developer or whatever. Um, and I know you're a smart man. You've thought of all this. Um, so, you know, I look forward well, to changes.
2: No, exactly. And, and the, I think the thing is, though, we're not it, – it's not like we're trying to, you know – take over everyone's business and and just because someone's selling something well, we want a piece of it. What we did with film and what I hope people see is that we tried to do it in a way that no one else was doing before. Um, and that's, that's what we'd look at whenever there's anything that's, uh, any other products we're looking at, we'd want to be doing it in a way that isn't been done before, because if it's been done before then happy days, you know, we're here for the community and we're here for film photographers. Um, uh, it's as simple as that, and there is enough ideas and enough work to be done um, without, after, without having to chase down things that are already being done really, really well. So so you are right, we are looking definitely at growth opportunities, but, but with that caveat, I think, in mind.
1: No, no, that, that, that's cool. Uh, it's nice to hear. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, we've always been big fans, and that's why I've enjoyed writing uh, the article for you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It, it's nice though, because it's you want people to try stuff. Um, if people don't write reviews and articles, no one's gonna know, other they?
2: No, exactly, and it's something that um that I think we're we're aware of and, and, and I'd love to be able to spend a bit more time on, and hopefully that might be something that we can do um over the coming weeks and months is to increase the amount of quality content that that helps people. Make decisions and also explore stuff, and it's brilliant. I mean, I had a someone phoned us today actually just asking about infrared film. You know, he'd uh-huh. read online some stuff about infrared film um, that seemed to contradict each other. He was, he was an experienced photographer, but, but then read stuff that basically made him doubt himself about what's the right way of using infrared film. And we just talked for 10 15 minutes and in the end. He, he, you know, he went for somebody's he's going to try it out, and that's just brilliant because it means that whether or not he'll like the results more than what he's already doing don't know. And we had that chat as well of like, you know, it's not a anything like that moving to infrared or if you only choose black and white to move to color, nothing's a given that it's going to be suddenly what you're after. But at least if you try and you learn how to do something, you add it to your arsenal of photography that you can do, you understand, you know, Um, and yeah, even if you never go back to everyone in your life, you may teach someone else that at some point and it might be the thing that's that's missing for them or that really clicks. You just don't know. And and that keeping that knowledge alive is uh, such an important thing. And when there's so many people in the community who write really well, um, who have such great knowledge and experience. Uh, and yeah, you've done a couple of pieces for us, haven't you? The, the Kodak Portrait one I really enjoyed. Uh, and yeah. Instruction in format I think, as well was yours it's such a nice thing to be able to, that other people then read. And, and as I say, hopefully just it complements or adds to their photography practice and hobbies. And, and that's, that's, that's good for all of us really.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, everyone needs to know or needs to be able to research it. So, you know, why not be from the shop you buy it from?
2: well is exactly. that and again like back to my point earlier of also we don't want to just be doing whatever else is you know there are some amazing resources out there hmm. so one of the reasons that again we're taking a bit of time on on getting it started is just making sure that you know something's already covered in great detail by emulsive by 35mm <laughs> yeah um you know by cosmo photo by all the other great sites that are out there again we're not going to make an article that's that there's probably going to be a pale imitation anyway yeah. um we want to be adding something that's that's new. And that just takes a bit of time and a bit of thought. But you know what, we'll get there and we'll 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 continue to do that. That's definitely on my mind. Just as continuing to to focus and support on the community project um is something that we'll 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 never stop doing.
1: Yeah. I mean I know your most recent thing was obviously to do this um offer on Ectachrome.
2: Yeah, which is still going on. I mean, it's, what is it, Friday afternoon. I'm absolutely gutted. The next chunk of X-Chrome is meant to land yesterday or today, and it's been delayed to early next week.
1: Okay,
2: um, which is frustrating, but I mean, realistically, it's not a problem. The offer's still going on for another three weeks. You know, there'll be lots of opportunities. Mm-hmm. It's more just uh, people, are, people are, 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 are asking me every day,
0: <laughs> which oh, is a lovely...
2: Dear. Things to have, but it's frustrating when you when it then feels like you're letting them down. So we'll see the NADX Chrome, and that's been brilliant as well. Like the um, the comments on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter of people just talking about slide film. Again, yeah. it's like that slide about infrared. Like there's a lot of misconceptions, and there's some myths to bust, and it's totally fine. You know, it's one of those things that when you just grow up around something, but you never try it yourself. You'll you'll always have ideas about it, yeah. but it's hard to really get a uh, you know, a full picture until you've had the conversation maybe with some people who are really experienced and then really you try it yourself. And that's what we're trying to do with the x thing is just saying, hey, let's let's do the three things together. People tell us that slide film is a bit scary sometimes because it's a bit more expensive. Therefore, the risk's higher. Yeah. Well, actually, no, I won't go into it. So what what about you? Do you shoot slide film? What are your thoughts on x How do you feel about slide film? Does it, for you, is it like any other color film or were you thinking about it differently uh thought about it. i did a bit of research what people said um about watching
1: for the highlights and then a few people said well i just shoot for middle anyway and <laughs> i just thought to be honest if you're metering with your camera you're probably center middle anyway so take two shots <laughs> yeah It's no no big deal. Yeah, I'm I'm not as don't worry me as much. Well,
2: it's interesting because again, then what you see is um, so what we've asked people to do is uh, so there's we're running the slide competition, which is people submitting photos, uh, and what we've asked them to do is can you put in a top tip for shooting slide with it? It can be Ah, can be something to avoid. It can be something that goes really well. It can be something that somebody else told you. It doesn't really matter, but something that will add to the general knowledge of the community around slide film. And then we've also got an offer, so x 35 mil at £10 through our store. And then also we've linked up with Duncan from Silverpan Lab, who's doing £5 uh, E6 processing. So people, you know, super easy. you have got a hmm. uh, leaflet and a and a postage label in the box you buy x from us. So hopefully the, the hassle of Slide, if you like, if you want to recall it that, is being sort of taken care of then a bit of a bit of the cost. So I'll just make it easier. But the, the, the point on the top tips and advice is really interesting because what we're seeing is a lot of people are talking about how to expose and where to think about it. Then we had someone this morning that was saying, um, uh, he just to just shoot slide film in an automatic point and shoot. Doesn't worry about it. trusts the camera to get it right. Most of the time it does. The results, uh, are brilliant. Happy days. That's cool. Isn't it? uh exactly and 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 again i know people say okay maybe that but i technically i prefer it in a certain way and that's totally fine people will always shoot it differently but um it's funny like people who are very happy to push and pull by five stops to use a camera with a shutter they don't even know works all this kind of stuff <laughs> they, they get to side film and suddenly they're worried about trying and like we know that there's you don't really understand what a film's like until you've messed it up a couple of times as well as got it right. <laughs> you know, you've got to you got to take it outside its zone to know where its zone ends, kind of thing. Um, yeah. And it's really nice to then see people who have been like, yeah, no, I just did this and this really worked. Not it won't happen all the time, and maybe the effect's quite strong, but that's what I'm looking for. But that's what it's about. So I'm really enjoying it. I mean, as say, it runs till the 11th of August. Um, okay. We'll be checking the photos constantly on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. We'll, we'll collate some of the best and the advice we'll try and, and write up as well because mm-hmm. it, it, you can just sense there's this great uh, hunger for a bit of knowledge about slide film at the moment. And it is yeah. one of those that when, sl- when film went through its really tough period, slide film really took a, you know, took a bit of a beating. Massive, um, Yep. Yeah. So the fact that XCOM is now back in 35mm the other formats will, 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 you know, we know they're being worked. The date is hopefully later in the year. We'll see. You know, this is one that's coming back, and it deserves us all, I think, to spend a bit of time on it. I don't know. That's where we're thinking, and as I say, people seem to respond to it well. Um, we'll see, um, and then then we'll have to think of the next idea. What's the next thing that people would want to know a little bit more about, and we'll we'll, we'll crack on
1: now that's cool I, I really like that idea and that's good that you're using the idea of the community feedback
2: yeah. well it's like i mean i could sit and talk about what i think about slide film or you could talk well after you developed your roles <laughs> you could do the same or, you know, you really wrong and then there is a lot of that already there which is which is great and you know you can go on youtube you can go on on uh you know um actually hamish is doing a great series at the moment where he's talking through his experience of shooting ectochrome, mistakes he's making, things he's le- Like brilliant. Like really hmm. top quality photographer, top quality writer. yeah That's an amazing resource. Um but you'll always have people who look at it and just want to know someone else's opinion or want to know a bit more or a bit more reassurance or want to ask. It. And that's what I think competition is giving is it just it's it's a bit more bite-sized and a bit more fluid, but a uh, but a lot more varied because everyone's sort of chipping in with just, hey, I found this, um, and it doesn't have to be a big, you know, essay. Some people have just written half a sentence, but if it's that's their experience and their top tip, and someone finds it useful, that's that's brilliant. And together, I think you have <laughs> the expert, then you have the community voice, and I think together, that's what that's what I think uh, gives it, gives it just a well-rounded view. That's the goal.
1: No, no definitely think you're getting there um yeah that's really good and you know look, look, keep the competitions and community work um going um mm-hmm. because it's uh it, you know it's really awesome from our point of view um mm-hmm. i know um you were dad, so i don't want to keep on too long um so here's my chance mm-hmm you can get your own back. I asked Paul some very interesting questions. We had a bit of fun on his interview. Uh, he got a lot of likes.
2: So is there anything you would like to ask me? Let's have a think. <laughs> let's, do, let's do an easy one first. What is your favourite film ever, fresh or expired, that you've shot with and why? Portra 400. Portra
1: 400.
2: 400. Absolutely classic.
1: Yeah. <laughs> why is that? Why do you like it so much? It's the film I started on with um, my medium format. So I've done um, wedding, architecture, street and portraiture on it. Consistent results. Can't be it. <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely adore that stuff. Um,
2: What's your least favourite film you've ever shot with and why?
1: Oh, God, least favourite.
2: I um... get yeah, you in trouble with someone with this.
1: Yeah. This is tough because my least favourite is also my favourite. Right. Sounds strange, but um, the Washy <laughs> S. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> so mix Washy is the hardest film I've ever used. <laughs> he tells you, doesn't he? Um, yeah, don't did. use in bright daylight. So I didn't. I did it in a studio. So it was exactly the same. Uh, and eight out of ten, I messed the highlights. The yeah. detail's fabulous in, in the shadows. <laughs> um, so I <laughs> made, made a mess of that. And then the few that um, I got right were absolutely stunning. Um, oh. The the detail and it was 35 mil and I say to people a oh, lot there's, there's actually no grain in this and uh, the model loved it and I haven't printed them off and sent them to the models. Mm-hmm.
2: So yeah. So for people who don't haven't heard of wash yes it's um it's sound recording film. So it was never designed to be used for capturing images. It was designed to be using just for the the simple sort of data that that's meant to record sound. But our wonderful French friend. The professor, <laughs> the professor created like, canisters with it, and it is yes, as you say, beautiful results uh, can be tricky to work with. <laughs>
1: Definitely, so it um, it's it's just ace what um, he does, and you know I've got all the time in the world for him. Um, I think the fact he's doing all this stuff at home, so for anyone who's never looked at Washi and never heard of it get some off Paul shop, but also um, there's uh, an interview I've done with him but you look at the Ilford film that just came out on YouTube go behind the scenes and then listen to the podcast and you'll mm. see a massive difference that this poor guy has to do <laughs> yeah because it's well,
2: crazy, isn't it? Every time I talk to him about stuff, it, he's always in the middle of either fixing or upgrading one of his own machines. Um, so yeah, um, show all about me. But anyway, listen, huge congratulations uh, from everyone at Animal and I'm sure the wider community for 50 shows. <laughs> it's a great commitment. Love what you're doing, um, and we are very excited for the next 50. Great, so got for few time. No worries. Speak to you soon, Andy. Cheers very much. Cheers. Bye. John, Instinctive Photography.
3: How
1: are you? I'm all right. So thank you for joining me on this special edition. Yeah, why not? Yeah.
3: It's all good. can't believe how many you've done, mate. Well done.
1: Thank you very much. Um, For anyone listening, John was obviously one of the very first. Um, So it's been a while now. Do you want to... uh, Oh. Have a little run-through where we are.
3: Oh, blimey. When was the last one, Andy, first? Um,
1: oh, you'd have been, like, right at the start, mate.
3: Right at the start. So what's happened? This is where I'm going to depress everybody, because life isn't a bed of roses. Um, what's happened? What's happened? Um, family. I had a lot of um, things going on with my family. Um, lost my sister. Father has been really poorly. Um, he, he's recovering but obviously the uh, system was a big blow and um, kind of took stock alive put the house on the market um, we've relocated so we just outside
1: Rutland the, the annoying thing from my point of view is I now get messages through from John showing me pictures of brilliant places to photograph near him oh yeah oh yeah and it's just not fair
3: no I mean me and my wife and I, we came on a bit of an ancestry tale, uh, trail and she was looking at uh, looking for her grandparents' graves, which was at the uh, Buckminster Estate. Um, okay. And by chance, I did some photography coaching at Belton House for um, some of the staff from Buckminster Estate and we got chatting. And uh, we learned that, you know, all these kind of, you know, I love my heritage and stuff like that, but, you know, a lot of the... Old, exactly. A lot of their older properties are no longer, you know, tied to um, staff and employees and for open rent. So being quite patient, uh, we sat it out. We kept looking at what they had on an offer, and um, yeah, well, you've been around our place, Andy. It's a dream home for us, you know. <laughs> Didn't mind flogging the house to mm. move here, Let's put it that way. You know? <laughs> so, it, yeah. and it's surrounded by. new stuff and you walk out the front door and you feel like you're on holiday and and after all the kind of crap that's happened in the last four years or so um you know life needs it sometimes don't i i think sometimes you just have to prioritize your life and just say look i'm not going to live my life dreaming it. i'm going to live my life living it and um just do it and see what happens and roll with it and take your chances fear can stop us doing a lot of stuff in life and i'm beyond that now
1: yeah yeah yeah, that, that's that's really cool. Um I, I think it's changed you. I, I think your photography's changed a little bit, but um like the website side, that that's really come on and um you're showcasing some beautiful things you've done with uh video work, that's coming along. Um that's nice.
3: Yeah, I think um I think, uh, and first of all, thank you for um, putting up with me hour after hour while I built my original website. Um, <laughs> That's all right. I then learned I could get a package through Pixie Set, which kind of integrated everything, and I really like the look of that. So you helped me migrate my... The domain across and that and, and i'm in the Neanderthal with tech I'm, I'm really not good with tech as you well know. <laughs> um but no it's a, it's a good looking site now it's, it's it's one i'm proud of and it's got some great content on it even if I say so myself and we're starting to fill some of the missing links you know me I, I chase the gaps in the market you know and I, I kind of create my own market you know because hmm. cause it's so, it's so competitive in it? You know, photography. Very competitive. Everybody's got a camera, and you know, everyone's a photographer almost these days. Everything from c- oh, okay. coaching and family to commercial, and um, now I've hooked up with um, Adam Sandy a little bit on the film. We got some exciting projects going on. I can't go too much into them, but there will be a, mm-hmm. there will be a short film out, um, which we've just kind of co-written, um, cool and. You know, we're going to use that as a as a platform for some other projects that we want to get into. Um, so, yeah, pretty excited about that. And Adam's actually younger than my own son. <laughs> 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 but yeah, the guy's got some talent, you know. And uh, it's
1: not fair.
3: He's got such a mature head on his shoulders, you know. And I'll be honest, I I kind of bounce off his enthusiasm, if you like. It, it's kind of you know re-energize me to, to some degree and and it's nice to, to to um take yourself out of that comfort zone and sometimes dip your toes in areas that you know you look at and you have my i mean i can't watch a film without you know thinking about the cin- cinematography rather than the storyline if you know what i mean i, I just love all that i love yep. the the vision the sound and, and all that kind of stuff so um yeah, I'm quite excited about that, see, see where that
1: takes us. We're on a journey, and uh, nothing ventured, nothing gained. I've had a uh, message through from one of my um, very first interviewees, it was before I even podcasted, um, another really good photographer called Chris Morales right. from Washington. Right. And He's asked me, what would my advice be to someone who's just starting out in photography? And probably doesn't even have an idea of what film is.
3: And what, um, film as in camera film?
1: As in, yeah, as in 35mm. Um, is this question to me or to you? It's to me, but oh. I think it'd be useful to both answer. One, um, well, I'll let you go first. You're the guest.
3: I can answer that. Um, 30 years ago, what the hell was digital? <laughs> You know, yeah, film film was the only choice. Um, th- there's something about loading a film. There's there's something about the noise when you're pulling it out of the cassette and you're loading it in and you, you you know you wind it on a little bit and then you shoot your back and you wind it up and you give it a little bit of tension and ah, it's it's just like putting on a new pair of shoes, you know. <laughs> does, does that make sense? You you know you you. You, yeah. you just load it up and you want to go somewhere with it. And, you know, it's not like oh format card, off we go. Um mm. and and I and I think another thing and I think the most crucial thing is you really have to pick your shots. Have fun, don't take it too serious, don't get too disheartened, don't get disappointed. Book me for some coaching lessons. There you go. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, I don't know. Where's the little jingle and advert in the background? Yeah. Da-da, da-da, da-da. <laughs> that was countdown. <kind> of <laughs> that was countdown. Kind of yeah, you're gonna be sued for that. No, oh, countdown. Okay, well, yeah. Right. Um. Right. My advice then. So, someone just starting out. I don't know what film is. So, film is something used before digital was invented. Um, as John said, it's a So uh, it's a little bit of what you might think is plastic that goes into a camera. Um, You have to keep sealed, so there's no way of seeing what you've shot. Um, The skill and constraint comes uh, together, so you need the skill to get over your constraints of not knowing what's going to come out. You have to understand the light that's coming into the camera and to adjust your settings accordingly. Um, You'll learn that a camera is actually just a box that absorbs light and nothing more. It doesn't matter if it's a £10,000 camera. It does the same job as a £10 film camera, and that you can get quality work from very low-end gear. I mean, the greatest thing about film is... Uh, like John said, it's a great platform to learn because you learn the basics of photography, like shutter speed, aperture, and ISO. If you can't adjust all these things, then it teaches you what each in, uh, which what impact it one has on each other. Whereas with digital, you'll just change your mode and it'll do everything for you, and you won't understand what it's done. digital is people talk about full frame things like this in the analog world there is so much more to the world there is um you can shoot straight onto paper you can shoot onto glass aluminium tin you could do large formats small formats um there's cyanotypes you can shoot x-ray colors and it is truly amazing what you can do. It's a, a massive, massive world. Um and digital is a very, very small part of it. So there you go. Cheers, Chris. I think that was well said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh it's the fiftieth show. We didn't want to go into too much detail. Um I've asked all my guests some st- crazy random questions at times. Is there anything you would like to ask me, Mr. Scrimshaw?
3: How do you wear your (laughs) teeth?
1: Yeah, so uh, (laughs) uh, this was a rather embarrassing event. Um, So for anyone who's listened to the random questions, I originally invented these because of things that have happened in my life. Um, Not many people know this, So some of the first questions were actual things that happened to me. Um, And sometimes it's things that um, my daughter says to me and things like that. But on this one occasion, um, I was doing my day job. I thought I'd pop and see Mr. Scrimshaw, who kindly made me a hot drink. I took no notice, turned around, and the next thing I knew, I was covered in this hot liquid. Where? Now, it was at the very top of my leg, <laughs> which wasn't too far away from my groin, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, be um, it became fire. very <laughs> it, it became very painful quite quick. And side, yeah. both John and his wife were quite worried um, that it had done some it. So within a few minutes, let's just say certain clothing was removed. I had his wife cling filming me up for some strange sexual kink these two are into. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with a promise, it does make you better.
3: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. I'm uh, not the uh,
1: hospital, so... say. Ah, oh, that was fine. And that it was very good advice. And um, um, how I'd been treated was uh, correct. Excellent. So they saved quite a lot of my skin and clothing, thank God. Yeah. Um On that, what was I more what was I more worried about than anything? Ron. Getting to my next job.
3: For which for which you wore my clothes.
1: Yeah, and <laughs> actually I didn't go. How did you? <laughs> no, um luckily someone covered for me, so I just went to the hospital uh and then went back to work. So, um, yeah, big thanks to you and your wife. No,
3: you're welcome, mate. You're welcome. Do, you know, do you know what? At the time, I was quite worried. Now it's just hysterical. Um, it is. I, yeah. I, I saw Andy put the cup right on the edge of the, the table, and it was almost like comedy, you know, kind of half hanging off the table. And I thought, shall I move that? And I thought, no, it's a grown adult, is a responsible <laughs> And within seconds, he was wearing it, and that Andy just... You know, kitty corpse with a little mug top on, if he comes round yours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keep the man safe. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm yeah. not allowed to go anywhere now.
3: Uh, I bet you not. Know. Um, I, th- I think my lasting image is of Andy stood in his pants in the kitchen with my wife
1: laughing. <laughs> <laughs> well, it could be anyone's wife, mate. I mean, they all laugh. It's just... <laughs> Sorry, I not really laugh <laughs>
3: fair enough okay Cool. all right
4: Uh, hello this is Jason Lane of Pictoria Graphica and I'm I'm Steve Lloyd from Chroma Cameras
1: thank you very much for joining me on this special edition guys
4: glad to be here
1: um so for anyone listening uh, these two have featured on previous episodes so I need to uh, actually tell everybody uh, the exciting statistics so I'm actually quite shocked um, by this um, S- Steve's going to be very very upset i got to say Jason is my most listened to episode. I think he did talk
5: about Cromer a lot though, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. That's it, what
1: right?
4: brought him in. Well that was, there was the n- hook.
1: Do you know what I think it so- is, Steve? He's got a million cousins <laughs> and he he messaged them all and said, Come on, listen to this
5: It's
4: a terrible slander against him. <laughs> <laughs> I, do have a, I do have a lot of cousins None of them um, are right, so you're missing out. Everyone uh, should have one Scalps cousin I've got
5: quite
1: a few Definitely <laughs> <laughs> Yeah so congrats uh, Honestly um, it, It's really good to see that um, The industry you're doing Jason Is still so popular I think it's fantastic
4: Thank you. Yeah, no, it's awesome. I, I love it. You know, I love, uh, I love sharing the, the dry play process with folks and, um, and it's, it's definitely, uh, definitely keeping me busy. I have, uh, I have three high school students working for me now. keeping great. Wow. In. Yeah. So um, they, uh, it, it's, it's kind of cool, you know, thinking back to the crappy jobs that i haven't had as a high schooler i'm kind of jealous they'll they'll remember (laughs) doing this stuff for the rest of their life so it's good for them too yeah
1: yeah it's amazing i mean i think uh it was great to get you two on together because i think what you're both doing is intrinsically linked yes Um, yes absolutely i mean steve will say obviously his products even better (laughs) what you gonna say that (laughs) (laughs)
5: <laughs> <laughs> no, me and Jason are, uh, are working hard well? together at the moment so <laughs>
1: it's
5: just good to be on together
1: So let's yeah. let, let us have a quick update so um, back when I think you both came on Steve was still working full time Chroma was ooh, maybe 60% through Jason I think you had one full time student and I think with someone else helping you. So where are we now, Jason? Do you want to go?
4: Yeah, sure. So as I as I said earlier, I have uh, three high school students uh, helping me part time. The the kid that that I mentioned last time, he's uh, in charge of uh, uh, cutting and prepping the glass, which he really likes doing. And wow. uh, the other two, I had hired a, a girl. Uh, she was actually my former boss's daughter she babysat for us and i just happened to ask her if she was interested in some work and and mm. so she coats she she coats the dry plates Um although a few weeks ago she had to leave for a um, uh, a, a church related mission uh where she went off to europe mm. uh, for for nine weeks or so so i i happen to I pulled in another uh local student to help. And uh so so technically I have three working for me, although the one is is, is off off uh off in Italy. I think she might be back actually, but um so it, and it's all the to, to help handle the demand and I actually get some sleep, which is nice. So um the uh the other update I think I have is I don't think I was working on it, but I don't think I had released my orthochromatic 25 speed plates yet so um that's a new big big deal um Uh so i have basically two versions of the dry plates now the original ones which are asa2 of course Uh um and uh those the way i've been telling people now is is those are kind of the a snapshot of what dry plates look like in the early 1880s like 1881 or so when when amateur photographers were sort of pushing the bounds of what was possible with the dry plates and really pushing the the the, uh, the process, uh-huh. the uh, the orthochromatic 25 speed plates are sort of a snapshot of what dry plates look like in say 1895. So in in that intervening uh, what, like 17, 18 years, there was a lot of uh, improvement and development. In, in the process, including uh, sort of the startup of, of uh, commercial entities that were making dry plates and selling them, mm-hmm. including, including uh, you know, the Eastman Dry Plate Company. So mm-hmm. George Eastman had to start coating dry plates and, and move the film. But uh, in the intervening years, uh, they had discovered that uh, different color dyes in, increase the uh, spectral sensitivity of the plates. And so uh, my dry plates sort of reflect that. I use uh, erythrosin, which is also known as uh, red FD&C red number three. You know, it's a food food coloring dye. Okay. Um, that was the original spectral sensitizer, and it and it uh, introduced uh, orthochromatic plates to it. So now the the dry plates could see into green and and actually into yellow and orange a little bit, and that allowed you to put a yellow filter in front of your camera lens and and really bring out the clouds and sort of uh, reduce the uh, overexposure of the the blue sky. So it, it cut down the blue and and people could photograph clouds for the first time, which was which was a bigger deal than what you'd think. it was actually <laughs> a pretty cool thing. so uh, so that's what I'm going on have going on. Uh, in fact, right now I have a custom order, and uh a, a gentleman ordered um 10 14 inch by 17 inch plates in in 25 speed so that's the that's what's uh, in the cube um,
1: is that is that the picture you've been putting out on social media
4: yes yeah yeah, yeah. so i kind of stepped through now um i would have them coated but i accidentally broke two of them <laughs> trying to handle them in the dark so i have to go in, and get new glass so it's just it comes with the the trade but yeah that's what i'm what i have going on um in addition working with steve on the upcoming kickstarter campaign for dry plate holders but i'll let steve talk about that because i don't want (laughs) to steal this thunder i don't mind (laughs) um
5: so this my what have i been up to um
1: yeah show us the thunder Steve.
5: (laughs) wow um well as of uh i'm sure it's (laughs) as of wednesday evening i'm no longer employed by a Large faceless corporate IT entity. Uh, I'm now chroma cameras full time. So this is uh, <laughs> this is a massive thing for me. It's something <laughs> that I've, I've kind of wanted to do for a long time, but it's that it's that really scary thing to move away from it. You know, you know, you get a pay at the end of the month, mm-hmm. and you know, you can eat and things. But um, it's it's kind of come up the opportunity, so it's, it's time to, to give it a go. Really. So, it's kind of, what, nine parts exciting, one part wildly terrifying. Um, but I'm excited. It's going to be huge. So, uh, that, that's probably the biggest thing
2: <laughs> from so.
5: a um, day job point of view. You said earlier, mm-hmm. last time I spoke, I was kind of working my way to Kickstarter, which is, you know, further on, probably... It's 75, 80% through. So obviously, the since the campaign, I've I've been building cameras kind of outside of my day job. So evenings, weekends, midnight in the workshop is unheard of. Um, So I'm kind of really fired up to be able to do it. Nine to five now. So um, my intention is to kind of pile through the remaining cameras over the next probably eight to 12 weeks. Uh, at most. Uh, and then some point near the end of that look at launch in retail. So I've I've got a lot of oh, brilliant patient people that have been amazing with the Kickstarter campaign. Obviously waiting for that to come through. You know if, I've I've posted a few times, you know, quite a lot to help mm-hmm. this stuff. I kind of really appreciate people's patience in this and kind of the support. I, you know it's it's quite humbling really that people will support me and wait you like, so all I can always do is deliver them a camera that you know is, is one that I would like, I like using, and hopefully, they, they do too. So, um, I've also got somewhere around 500 people on, on the mailing list who are sort of signed up for interest uh. in future cameras. <laughs> so, uh. um, obviously, I'm not probably expecting all five hundred by cameras, but you know, again it's lovely that yeah, that many yeah. people are interested and are kind of are willing to wait if you like because obviously for you know, since the end of last year really probably probably sort of september october have been having people saying you know when can i get one When can i buy on retail then they available so the fact that people are still interested i'm still getting people kind of most days dropping dropping in kind of thing and asking me how it's going and, and when can they when can they order um, and what colour can they get? It's um, it's amazing. So that's that's huge for me. You know, that was probably one of the, the bigger deciding factors to kind of walk away from a you know, a comfortable day job to to something that's essentially all my fault at the end of the day when if it works or not. Um <laughs> so yeah. So I, I'm I'm kinda of buzzing this week really that Wednesday was my last day in, in the office and then yesterday I was in the workshop, today I was in the workshop. It's just brilliant. So, yeah, nice. so that that's kind of like massive for me. So it, it's, it's obviously early days, but I mean, I've been running Chroma for, kind um, of the last 12, 18 months or so as a, as a thing, as a, a business, if you like. So, hmm. it's not entirely new, but it is new <laughs> as being my, my main income. So, um, yeah, so there's that and obviously myself, um, Jason have been working since about September, isn't it, mate? On the dry plate holders.
4: Um, yeah, quite quite some time, at least yeah. at least six months. So, I think
5: uh, early on in hmm. in Chroma, really before the campaign. I've been, I've spoken to you before, and, and you know, Jason, I've got a bit of a a wild imagination <laughs> for products and uh, new ideas. Some <laughs> yes. are slightly crazy, <laughs> some are good, um, and the the what originally started as a wet plate holder um i, I did the design quite early on kind of i'd never shot wet plates but you know the principle was there so i i was introduced mm-hmm. to jason by um from emulsive um and then we, we started talking dry plates and then uh, so i was learning a lot about them from jason the differences and then that's kind of spurred us on so we're now at the point where we're talking to molding companies looking at um, getting together RFQs and costumes for well four five five seven and eight ten holders, so it's where we're kind of putting together the uh the campaign the next uh Kickstarter campaign which will hopefully fund the molds which if anyone's ever done an injection molded their their eye watering costs um but they're worth it if if we're, we're looking longer term with this, we're not looking to deliver, you know, there's however many companies in the campaign and we can never get to do them again. We're we're trying to build a, a solid sort of retail stream for them. So to to really encourage people to try something, yeah. try it new really. So so yes, that's that's yeah. that's gonna be the next kind of big push for myself and Jason really. Yeah,
4: yeah we've we've talked we talked dry plate holders obviously and and we decided to go go with those for, we've also talked wet plate holders of course and and Steve has a really slick looking wet plate prototype which mm-hmm. everyone I've showed on this side of the pond really likes they're like oh I'd I'd love to have one of those but we kind of dis- made a made a decision to do the dry plate holders first because there are no there's there's really no one well there's there's very few people making new dry plate holders, and they're they're handcrafted. And they're put together. They're very expensive. Yep. Um, people who are shooting the plates. Uh, first of all, I get questions every week asking where where people asking where they can find new plate holders. Um, <laughs> the people who are shooting who are shooting are using plate holders that are 120, 130 plus years old, just just like I am, and
1: yep.
4: and they work, but they're they're old, obviously, and and there's only a limited number of them. Mm-hmm. If they break, you're you're kind of stuck. So, um, so that's that's why we kind of decided to do dry plate holders first because I think it's more it's a more desperate situation. There are the, the wet plate community I think is is served better, but we do have a really nice wet plate design that we'll we'll push out after the, the Kickstarter campaign. Um, and the other cool thing is the way that we're designing the dry plate holders is they're readily, readily adaptable, I think, to a film, a sheet film holder design, which no way's way is making new ones of those, too. So um, okay. you know, it's a good opportunity to serve, serve the not just uh, dry plate shooters and wet plate shooters, but eventually the, the large format film community as a whole. So,
1: yeah, they are intrinsically linked because, like you say, you need the holder to hold the film or the plate to take the shot that Steve's going to supply the camera. So, I think it's you know, business wise going forward, you, you can be oh, well, did you know I do plates and oh, um, we've got plate holders. Oh, by the way, do you have you tried this camera? Yeah. You're just tying
5: up the market really often, we? we're just taking over the world
4: well it's a sly plan aside from that which it's fun to dream about the other thing that i've always sort of one of my driving principles is to is to make dry plate photography affordable um you know now now if i quit my day job like steve (laughs) steve did i i might sing a different story but i want to make make it affordable and accessible and part of that is is uh you know, making, making these holders affordable too. So I think we have, you know, we're sort of zeroing in on a price point And I think it's going to be very, uh, a very, very nice price point. I'm not going to quote numbers, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah. people go, Oh yeah, that's a, okay, so, but, but at the same time at the same, yeah, at the same time, keeping the quality yeah. up, of course, which, which we rely on our, Engineering background, today. yeah, definitely. making it affordable is key. It's, know.
5: you know, we all we all suffer from a bit of
4: gas with photography, and we all kind
5: of. I'm sure we've all gone through lots of different gear and kit, and I think that, from my point of view, obviously I haven't have shot dry plates or wet plate for that matter. Um, it was this idea of, you know, yeah, I'll give that a go. You know, if if it's a if it's a figure that you don't look at and go, oh man, I can't eat this week because of, well, you know, because I want to buy that holder then it's just not the right yeah. market, you mm. know, for me that I'm, I mean, I'm not yeah. a rich photographer, you know, so I, I'm in the same boat. So, um, I think from the start, we, we, we talked about that, give me what's a, what's a realistic price point, really, but you know, we're not, it's not based entirely on price, but it's right up there yes. with, you know, price and quality and getting that balance. And um, I think that's where the injection yeah. mold yes. comes in is you obviously need volume, also get repeatable quality Mm. so uh.
4: right so we 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 want people to get the best bang for Mm -hmm. for their buck because Uh, i mean i'm not rich i don't have a lot of money and and so i i feel the pain of of shelving out tons of money for for equipment uh myself so um but at the same time you know like to to get get the best thing for your but that's that's yeah. kind of what we're doing
1: yeah so, uh, that, that's commendable, guys. It. yeah yeah I, I think you're right i think that's what most people want is we know we're gonna have to pay because you're not um nikon you're not sony um you know you're you're not a right. car manufacturer with a big factory we know you, you know you've got to do your best deals you can to even get this even viable. aren't
4: yeah, you? We, haven't, we haven't bought them out yet. <laughs> Give it time. Yeah, <laughs> Give it time. Now, I mean, with that said, you know, I'm realistic about it too. I mean, uh, we've got prototypes and I'm sure the design, as we field test it more and more, there'll, there'll be issues that crop up. There always are, uh, yeah. but we'll, we'll, we'll fix them and, and, and move on. And so, uh, so, yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. That's why I'm swearing at my 3D no. printer just before this call.
5: Whose <laughs> 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 idea was it to 3D print these? <laughs> <And> the production <laughs> ones are not 3D printed. Well, I... <laughs> I haven't got a patience.
1: I mean, I've got to admit, I always tell everyone about both of your products. So if, if someone's interested in <laughs> cameras, I'll say, oh, Have you seen Steve's camera? And yeah. if we're talking, you know. Um, old processes and i say have you tried dry plates and it's something you do isn't it you talk about your mates like that yes
2: yeah, yeah. i
5: think i think it's the way the 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 kind of community does grow doesn't it yeah you know there's yeah. I've, I've over the last probably uh, maybe 12 months 18 months i've kind of got really close to a couple of sort of people in the community uh and it's ace like you listen to those blogs like your own and the 2016 guys and em- <laughs> Amish yeah.
1: It's,
5: it's awesome. you know, it's we've all got a bit of a shared passion with different areas.
4: It, it's a global community too. I mean, you guys are over yeah. in the UK and I'm here in New England. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? That's yes. where yeah. I know, you know, it's,
5: yeah, you know, last week I was shipping Chrome. There's a couple into China, one to Russia, yeah. and then a few to North America. And it's like, this is mad. Literally, like I'm shipping these there's, all over the world. It's brilliant. Yeah,
4: there's a, there's a fellow, fellow down in Australia who's gotten into uh, uh, dry plate photography, and he's actually cooking his own emulsion too, which is great. I, I think that's awesome. And so, so he calls me up and is asking questions. And I don't tell him all my secrets, but, but I don't mind. Yeah, so. just buy my plates. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but no, it is it is good.
5: I uh, I do, you know. I've, for Andy and, and, and the other blogs box that, will always say the same thing, that the communities are amazing, you know it's yeah. um, on the whole, everyone's pretty helpful, but you don't tend to get that kind of, you know oh, i not sharing, sure, I'm, not, I'm not telling you what I did everyone's very open right,
4: yeah, uh, yeah. yeah.
5: You'll, you'll always get some raw human, aren't we? But, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. there's ones that are less helpful, but we all have our own opinions, don't we? I'd never stop people
1: having them. No, <laughs> no, nah, nah, that's cool. Um unique
4: as they are.
1: Yeah, it's all part of it, mate. So um I just wanna say thanks a lot for that. Um we always asked you some funky questions in my interviews, so
4: I wanted to try something different. All right, I go was on, inspired man. by M. M's interview with you. Oh, <laughs> i want to give you answers before you ask the questions
1: oh god that means <laughs> I i've got to ask like like you a it. question uh-huh. okay have... so,
4: so,
1: <laughs> <laughs> i've always got loads of questions so don't you all right uh right. i'll tell you Let's up a look then um <laughs> okay right are you ready right. <laughs> so
4: Oh, you ready for an answer? Oh, yes. So are oh, you giving because...
1: the answer before the question? Yes. No.
4: <laughs> Tell me when you're ready. What do you know?
1: Right, ready when you are, Jason, go.
4: Oh, well, it's because uh, the other day I put my hand into something that was wet and squishy. <laughs> are you ready for the question?
1: the <laughs> question? <laughs> If you could learn an animal language, which animal would you choose to communicate with?
5: (laughs) This is random.
1: This is totally (laughs) random, isn't it? Let's try two. Go on, then. Let's try your second one.
5: Go on, then, then, Jason. You got another one there, mate.
4: Oh. uh, I don't know. Uh... Cut him
1: out now.
5: No, now, so didn't expect the follow question.
1: Yeah, yeah,
5: yeah, yeah. ready. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you see, he's an engineer. He's got to be wrote down. He's got to be prepared.
4: So yeah, he's way more organised than me. Well, uh, <laughs> uh, Teddy Teddy Rockspin, because you can still buy them on eBay.
1: Okay. <laughs> um, you're looking your down opinion? on the Earth from your space flight. Which part of the world would you photograph?
4: There you go. Teddy wow.
1: Buckspin.
5: That is yeah, quite, can...
1: the, quite the question can... answer. It is answer, uh, yeah. <laughs> are we actually talking in a photography podcast or are we all I'm on something?
5: Sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> Generally.
1: <laughs> well, that's fair that's the questions. <laughs> is there anything you would like to ask, Steve? Uh,
5: yeah. What made you become a Liverpool fan when
1: you're not from Liverpool? Mm, probably my dad. Because mm. um, I think in in our era, uh, era growing up, he was very much influenced by your parents. Yes. So I think he was a Liverpool fan. I mean, we're talking young age, maybe six, seven. So I have Fair been one. a scouter for a long time. I'm not just a... <laughs>
5: Honorary scouser,
1: yeah, yeah. I used to swap the football cards at school and you know get John Barnes and John Mulby and stuff. So, yeah, there
4: you, you style your hair like I've seen. <laughs> the... But did they have a perm yeah. and the mustache? You have
5: a phone and mustache, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and a shell suit.
1: Shell suits were amazing.
5: I'm allowed to say that, it's okay. Chelsea's are awesome. I'm sure a lots of people have no idea what shell suit is from you probably don't do it, Jason
4: the the shell suits mm-hmm. were the that skin.
5: Yeah, That was one of thing where the uh usually quite bright colors and they were, i don't even know what, what material was it was like a, yeah
4: the the like seventies polyester uh, <laughs> a um, highly yeah. flammable polyester yeah <laughs> yeah but <laughs> not bad
5: things to be flammable to be fair. <laughs> but, um, yeah, oh, fair enough, then. That's, that's a, a good reason to be a full fan.
4: Yeah. yeah. I would play where they were banned by policy. That's probably, again, not a bad idea.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I've got many a photograph of me and my brother wearing child, matching shell child suits. We look good. Sorry.
1: Oh, mate, that's awesome. <laughs> I, I think for us, it's um, a family portrait where... Uh, the females have got pink i've got a pink jumper on my brother's got a gray jumper with pink on and my dad's got a pink jumper wow you know it'd have been the best photo we've ever done and we're all wearing bloody pink so embarrassing do
5: you have like mid-80s slashes of color across it as well
1: no, no, it was very oh, much see. monotone colours. Um, Solid pink. <laughs> yeah, could... name. yeah. Say yeah. again,
5: if Jason. You're going to make a statement, Sheldon. Right?
4: Yeah. So you either turn into an internet meme. Is it?
5: Name. <laughs> it could be famous.
4: Could be probably famous. are.
5: It's ever what can go
4: Infamous.
1: I don't think so. And a base and haircut as well. Yeah. Nice. You can just picture it, can't you?
5: To be fair, you could probably picture most people mid 80s or something like that. It could be any family quarter.
1: Exactly, yeah. (laughs)
5: That's my excuse, anyway.
1: Right, well, it's uh, half past 11 here, Jason. Um, I've been on here for three hours now. So I'm about to call it a day. Um, Thanks to you two for popping on. It's appreciated. Props to you
4: for inviting us. No,
1: yeah, is... no, it's cool. Uh, 50 shows has been an achievement. Um achievement. I don't see it ever ending at a minute, so... Well,
5: congratulations, mate. No. Uh, onwards and upwards,
1: isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and like you say, um, there's many more out there doing it, but we're all mates, so... Yeah. Uh, oh, well, lots there's that of Rachel Losser in 16,
5: she's a pain. Don't <laughs> <yeah. laughs> <laughs> It's going to kill me now.
1: (laughs) Fellow Scousers, at least you're all right.
5: I'm all right, yeah. Hang on, knows where will live. Hang on.
1: (laughs) Right, so, um, yeah, thanks a lot, guys. Um, No problem. Please keep in touch, and uh, we'll look forward to the Kickstarter.
4: Thanks, Andrew. Cheers for that. Thanks a lot, guys.
5: Cheers,
1: Andrew. Bye, Bye.
6: Bye Bye.
1: Hello, everybody, and it's time for my next
6: guest, and that is... Hi, I'm Paul Lefkoe. I'm from Los Angeles, and I'm seeking help because I'm a photographer. (laughs) How (laughs) are you doing? How are you?
1: Yeah, really good, mate. Thanks again for joining us.
6: Oh, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah, that's cool. So Paul has been
1: a somewhat uh, regular guest, haven't you?
6: Yeah, it's been really super fun. I wish I could do more, but... uh you know what? time gets away from us and you know it's really difficult sometimes to with, the, uh, with kids and family and work and everything else to get it all in but i am happy to be here every opportunity that i can be for sure
1: no that's cool so mm-hmm. 50th show um it's it great with, you know such great people on, including yourself where what's happened since we last spoke
6: Oh, uh, let's see what's going on recently. I'm uh, doing a variety of shoots. I uh, just uh, did a, um, a metal body paint shoot. That's what it was, a metal body paint shoot. That was really fun uh, last mm-hmm. week. That was really cool. Um, this week, I'm doing uh, something I don't normally do, but I'm going to put some images in a uh, competition. So actually, I'm cool. going right after this uh, call to put that in. I got a call from a hip-hop magazine out in um, Georgia, actually, and they're going to use some of my hip-hop images and they're going to publish a magazine uh, based on that. So that's kind of fun. So really looking forward to that. Uh, Let's see what else. Um, Wow. You've changed Uh, gear. Yeah. No, I've been doing music, (laughs) that that kind of stuff for quite a while. I think a lot of people know me for um, a lot of my uh, stuff from overseas and from like uh, Southeast Asia images and such. But I do a lot of uh, work um, in the uh, film and, you know, and do photography stuff too. Oh, speaking of film, I, uh, one of the films I just worked on uh, has been nominated for 13 awards. So that's coming up, I think in end of August. So I'm going to get a chance to go see that. That's fantastic. I just heard, heard from the producers <laughs> yesterday. That was kind of cool. So yeah, that's,
1: that that's amazing. Project, and that's... <clears throat> That was the third thing you told us about, not the first.
6: The first or the third? I don't know no, what. Where am I?
1: <laughs> you should be so excited. That's your first thing yeah. you tell everybody.
6: Oh yeah, I forgot about it. <laughs> yeah,
1: I might get this award, you know. But uh...
6: yeah, you know, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> so you ask what's new, you know, my my brain isn't new. That's the problem. I yeah, <laughs> remember everything. Um, <clears throat> I, one of the the toughest things, more recently, is trying to figure out what images to, you know, get printed. And you know, I send a lot of stuff off to like Adorama because um, they do a really great job of doing real prints and uh, sending them back. And then trying to select images, and that's been on my brain for the last little while about which ones to to choose uh, for showing. And that's, oh, I don't know if you've struggled with that before, but what a pain in the ass that is, and you have to okay. kind of figure it out, you know. So, yeah, yeah. it's not
1: something I've done so much yet um i think it's because i want to do some some of my own um printing but color printing is going to be a big big thing for me so i'm not quite ready for that yet
6: no wait just wait for it it's lots of fun when you do it it's kind of mm. crazy <laughs> you're just gonna yesterday i had to call in one of my neighbors i said hey you know can you take a look at this because i am my my eyes i'm i can't see the trees through the forest anymore i think they're all pretty decent yeah you know, pretty good like but, help me choose
1: this thing i don't know what to do <laughs> it's hard isn't it like you how many um images you got to do for the competition uh
6: there are eight going in okay. um in different categories so you know so uh, one of the tougher ones was trying to pick out a travel um scenery category and then a documentary uh one okay. uh, photojournalism documentary which was uh there were difficult to pick out so anyway we got them and uh, i'm going to go deliver them in a couple of minutes i guess you know that'll be good get it off the plate and on to the rest of the day <laughs> back to the household chores i guess after that
1: <laughs> yeah yeah fair enough so uh yeah we're actually talking on a weekend for a change uh or should i say quite normally because uh, obviously we've got the time difference uh between me being in the uk and paul being in la um uh it, it's quite hard um we've already spoke with M, who's on the sort of east coast of asia so again it it's it's another thing that um we struggle because
6: we, we all have day jobs don't we yeah yeah it is i think the uh the real answer is just to move you closer you think so because <laughs> yeah, the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> be to asia maybe in la it's just all good <laughs> or maybe.
1: I should just be totally mobile. Just where do you need totally. me this week, guys? Yeah,
6: yeah. This week uh, you'll be in, you know, Singapore, and uh, next week you'll be in, uh, you know, Reykjavik. I don't know.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. I am working on world domination. Shh.
6: <laughs> 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 We're getting there. Okay, oh, that's great. Congrats on this 50th show. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it's it really
1: amazing, mate. And yeah. you know, from oh, yeah. us talking early on in the show, and then eventually we did your interview, then we started doing the news in brief. And you think, you know, where's that time gone?
6: Oh yeah, it's been like a year already. I think.
1: Yeah, yeah feels
6: it's,
1: like. anyway. It's, yeah, yeah, it's it's incredible, and you know, I, I've said to everybody, my passion's not going to stop. Um, that there's so many more guests and. For some reason, they all seem to be sort of uh, US-based at the minute. Hmm. Um, Interesting. So I mean, yeah, yeah, it's weird. And actually, most of my audience is in the US as well. Uh,
6: no one likes uh, imaging in the UK or what? What's going on?
0: <laughs> I
1: I always wonder if it's the um, thing about hearing people from different places. Hmm. Um, it's different, isn't it? So. Do, are you sick of hearing someone from your own state or county? Um, I think sometimes that there's certain dialects and that that you know, some of us don't like. So yeah. uh, we've got a few over here. We've got a few people from down south, a few from up north, and accents are so different. Sometimes they're quite boring to some of us, and then to other people, they're all right. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It, it, it's weird. I mean, how can you... Uh, like? I think 70% of the audience is New York way. Oh, okay.
6: Yeah, so yeah, I mean do I, I, I put... my uh, fellow friends in New York at the uh, you know, I'm part of the uh, Camera Club LA and a uh, Camera okay. of the Month Club LA and they, they it's a based uh, they have a, it was it was a this one out here is a formation from the camera Camera uh, of the Month Club, uh, New York. So, hi, old guys out there <laughs> who I haven't met yet, but hi to them anyway. <laughs> you know, so. it's it's
1: it's cool. I, I think the the ability to reach around the globe is great. Oh, definitely. Yeah, we've got the same hobby. Um, we've just got different um, things, people, attitudes, um, where we live. That's all it isn't it?
6: Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, you know, um, when you say we have the, you know, we have the same kind of hobby and and what have you, and and love and passion for photography, and uh, one of the things I really saw that uh, I I remember I told you I did that metallic body paint shoot. Um, So last week, uh, that was last week, and we were all in the same room, and we uh, there's there's a a few photographers there, not our photographers, and uh, we go in and. You know, we preset the lighting and that type of stuff, so you know we can mm-hmm. all kind of get our shots in, kind of stuff, and uh,
1: sense, yeah. Which is
6: it's kind of it's kind of it's handy in in some ways, you know, but yeah. it's so fun when you look at the p- images that people do and you swear to God, you're not in the same room. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's like, how did you guys get that? You know, not, in a, not in a bad way in kind of like, wow, that's really cool. You know, how did you do that? You know, we were in the same room at the same time doing the same thing. And it's like, no, we weren't, <laughs> you know? So it's really yeah. interesting at uh, and how things work that way. So, you know, yeah. cool. you, could, could, you be could be standing in two places, same place, same person, same <laughs> thing and entirely different story. It's crazy mm. i think aperture has a big role in things like that Oh, sure.
1: you, you, it's not just about detail depending on how much light you're putting in your images um, it, it could be shadows or it could just be a case of more detail and i mean
6: I, I've, more detail um, less detail shadows you know you're 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 playing hmm. with your exposure triangle you know we're using strobes so you know there's a baseline for the strobes that we're using uh, yeah. that, you know, we, we kind of get a setting and they go, okay, what's your setting? So, cause we don't have a whole lot of time, you know, so we got to get in there and do it. Yeah. Um, but it you know, from there it's like, okay, do you, you know, you go up or down in out low, high, you know, this side, that side, what are you <laughs> focusing on? You know, get, have the model here, have the model there. I mean, it's the same stage, but it's kind of where you put the, how you direct the person how to, you, where you put your stuff, how you do your settings all within mm. that same 10 by 10 space. You know, it's, a, it's an entirely different story for anybody that walks in there. It's really it's really cool. It's really neat to learn from and watch from other people. So, yeah. I th- I
1: th- yeah, I think yeah. so. I've actually used some of my street photography skills now in portraiture. So um, mm-hmm. when, when I was doing a lot of street, I tried um, diff- shooting from different angles. Right. So I pretended to tie my shoelaces one day and sat on, uh, like, light traffic lights. And then I put in my camera mm-hmm. upwards.
6: Mm-hmm
1: um and then there's been other times where i've been higher than the people so i can stand on something and then i can shoot down so oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i've yeah, used classic, that in part. yeah, <laughs> yeah and it, it, it's worked that well style. yeah yeah so
6: yeah
1: you grab a chair uh, and then you've just got that slightly higher view you can maybe thin thin them out a little bit depending on the model and then um like the low angle it it gives that sort of a feeling of authority from someone, doesn't it? Is there a little bit bigger?
6: Yes, exactly. exactly yeah, which right. is cool. Yeah. Um, and then you have the people that go like Worm's Eye View and coming up. And that's that's a new thing. That's a new style that's sort of uh, coming into play right now. Everybody's kind of into this Worm's Eye View look. These worm's Eye like, View. Oh, okay. <laughs> so what, what's that one? Uh, it's coming from the ground up.
1: Right, okay. So yeah, literally right before,, up. yeah, yeah.
6: Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a, becoming Cinematography it's a worm's eye view, you know and and cinematography they call that. So yeah.
1: Yeah, we forget so, that you know both uh,
6: <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> film and stills. Yeah, yeah. Somewhat.
1: <laughs> yeah.
6: It's not fair, you know uh, too. Not fair. <laughs> <laughs> no fair! No fair! Some of us struggle just for one cranky. <laughs> well, if it's any meaning, I've been doing mainly photography recently, so there you go. I'm forgetting all the film stuff. How's that? Oh, fair enough. <laughs> I got to relearn it. Yeah, fair enough. Well, I've yeah. I've
1: got a shoot in uh, about two weeks. A big group shoot. So, it's, oh, nice. I think there'll be at the minute it's planned eighteen models, eighteen photographers. Mm. It should be one to one, and we just keep um, flipping every half hour. But um, we'll see, because it's a charity thing, so models will right. pull
6: out. We know they will. Um, oh, this is notorious for flaky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, <laughs> but it,
1: it's one of them things. So uh, it, it won't matter if uh, two photographers work together and help each other with lighting or something like that.
6: Oh yeah, that's what we do all the time. Yeah, that's what you should know. Yeah learn off each yeah, other we, we like to do that we uh split the costs of the studios and that kind of stuff to to yeah. go you know. all right hey i gotta i gotta jump out uh congrats Madical. on the 50 this is amazing <laughs> um wow so so proud of you for doing this this is great
1: thank you very much for my yeah. um yeah appreciate Absolutely. you spending a few minutes hopping on here and uh have a good day i know your day's just started for you so yep
6: i gotta <laughs> gotta start rolling it okay We'll uh we'll talk to you soon
1: Thanks a lot, Paul.
6: All Appreciate it. Right, Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.
1: Right. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Welcome back, everybody. We're continuing with episode 50. And my next guest is going to say hello himself.
7: <laughs> <laughs> hello, mate. Uh, yeah, it's M em from emulsive.org. How you doing? I'm uh, really good. Thank you. Um,
1: thanks for spending uh, a bit of your time again.
7: That's all right, always a pleasure, always a pleasure
1: it's, it's always good to uh get older people and have a catch up and look back because it's um it's not been too long, but and we're still talking a months, I think aren't we?
7: I think it was a couple of months back when we last spoke
1: mm. and uh it was quite funny. I was looking at um statistics of listening, and obviously our podcast uh, did well and uh I had to tell Jason Lane, actually, his podcast has been the most popular out of anyone's. <laughs> I
7: don't I, I don't see that as a surprise, to be honest with you. He's no. a very interesting guy.
1: Yeah, yeah. And he's obviously, because he's got like a worldwide product, um, he's obviously got that global reach, hasn't he? like yourself?
7: Mm-hmm. And there's no one else. There's really no one else. Uh, doing what he's doing, I know uh, the guys over at uh, Marco in Germany, Marco Direct. Mm. They are they're selling, I think, boxes of of Agfa APX one hundred plates. <clears throat> okay. I've got no idea, no idea who's making who's making them, um, but you can buy them in kind of twenty five, fifties, and and hundreds, I think, which which <laughs> really surprised me. Um, yeah. But yeah, apart from those guys and a, a couple of other, a couple of other vendors here and there, um, Jason's pretty much the only one who's putting kind of research, development, and and kind of product development effort into into doing this. And who, who'd have thought that there are so many people still out there shooting dry plates? I didn't.
1: Yeah, yeah it's absolutely incredible. Because um, I had the pleasure of interviewing um, Quinn Jacobson. Have you heard of Quinn?
7: I hadn't until I until I saw your your podcast on the website.
1: Right. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, he is the the wet play god. I mean, anyone who wants to learn wet play, he literally um, look on Amazon. His name's there. You know, his name's on the website. It's it's unbelievable. So, you know, there's definitely people out there. Um, the the friend I was telling you about the documentary guy. I mean, he's got. Um, he says, oh, I'm going to have a play in summer. I've got cyanotype here. Um, he was on about uh, the silvered bar, and he's on about mm. doing salt printing.
7: Oh, nice.
1: Yeah, and I was like, oh, my God, you need to show me this stuff. <laughs>
7: <laughs> yeah, it's all, a, it's all a very deep rabbit hole.
1: It is, yeah. So what have you been up to then?
7: Well, since we last spoke, um, not much really, just uh, uh, increased or, or bumped up the... The kind of publishing schedule on emulsive now so i'm now publishing uh at least one one thing a day um interviews or five frames with or reviews or all, all of the usual stuff so that that's been <clears throat> it's been a bit challenging but it's something that i've wanted to do for a long time and it's just been trying to figure out how how best to to do that um and I guess on a on a slightly more interesting note, I've been I've been messing around with uh, with a new scanner. I've been trying to figure out my kind of what's what's missing or what's what's kind of holding me back in terms of my my thirty five millimeter mm-hmm. workflow. And yeah. a lot of that has been uh, the the scanning side of things. I mean, I. I develop and scan my own black and white color and slider kind of get just push those over to uh to a couple of labs that that i I know really well and that I trust to do a good job but I've been wanting to have better control over more of the the kind of digitization process and looked into using digital cameras and all of that kind of stuff, which I've found a bit too a bit too slow a bit too kind of time consuming mm-hmm. and um yeah, my my kind of MO with this is to is to get a, as high a quality scan as quickly as I can. So I I invested mm-hmm. in a, a Nikon uh, what is it? A Nikon 4000 ED, one of the the, the small uh kind of desktop dedicated 35mm scanners. Oh uh, right, okay. Mm. Uh, and actually just yesterday I completed uh, a modification on one of the the uh, film adapters so there's a whole bunch of slide and film strip adapters that you can get for it and one of them where you, you just feed in strips of six frames of film um, it's actually really easy to just modify that make the scanner think it's the super duper upgraded version um, and just go ahead and, and scan a whole roll completely unattended Um, and I, I, yeah, I tried out, uh, three rolls, I think in total yesterday and at my preferred resolution, which is about 2000 DPI, I think put the film in, get it to preview all of the frames takes that's about kind of eight to 10 minutes and just kind of, you know, jump through them to make sure everything's okay. And then from hitting the scan button, walking away, and then getting the notification that it's complete. It's it's about um, thirty to thirty-three minutes. Let's say thirty-five minutes, just for the sake of it. So that's uh, three thousand odd pixel wide um, scans. Yeah, for, for an entire roll. Uh, anything up to forty frames. Wow, that's mm. really
1: impressive.
7: It. it um, I was I was expecting it to be fast. Um, I didn't. I didn't realize that it would be as fast or actually the results would be as good, um, as I've managed to get. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's a massive, a massive jump for me. So it means I can save a bit of cash on scanning, um, you know, getting labs and stuff to do that. Um, and instead of doing, I don't know, a roll every hour, hour and a bit, you know, just on a flatbed changing four strips every, you know, every so often, Mm -hmm. which is a complete pain in the ass, just, plug it in stick the film in let it do its thing and i can go away and do other things and i know that i've got tiff files or uh, raw dngs for the um, for the color stuff which i can then process later in in negative lab pro um it, it's fantastic so i'm going to be working on my backlog now
1: <laughs> that's So, do, are you not cutting them into strips
7: that's right yeah um so develop kind of hang hang to dry snip off the leader and the uh the kind of remnants at the uh, at the end of the roll and then just just stick it straight in after giving it a wipe with a uh would you call it um anti-static uh, cloth i've got one of those what's it called it's a tiger i think it's called a tiger cloth actually i think that's the actual name for it okay mm. yeah, it seems to work quite well but we'll see i mean i've still got so I've still got uh, uh, flatbeds to deal with for large format and medium format. I'm I'm not quite ready to jump up to like a Nikon nine thousand to to kind of automate my medium format just yet. But you never know. I mean, it, all of this is kind of born out of frustration anyway, right? So the more frustrated I get, the more the more <laughs> the more I'm happier <laughs> to throw throw money at something that's going to save me a bit of time.
1: I'm totally with you. I totally share the same part of you. Uh, to me it, it's just wasted time
7: yeah and it's it's um there's it, something that happens in many other parts of my life like there's there's a, a breakfast store um literally a, about three minutes walk from where i live and they do like really amazing kind of breakfast stuff um but whenever you go you're going to be waiting a uh, half hour 45 minutes Um, from the point of order because there's the kitchen's tiny um, and even though the restaurant itself is tiny they're they're just so busy all of the time so I've I've taken to being a real lazy bastard and just using (laughs) Uber Eats and just ordering via Uber Eats instead you know pay pay them whatever it is 50p 70p to deliver it because that 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 50p 70p is worth is worth much less than my time of just waiting yep. to be served. That sounds a bit poncy to the honest idea, yeah, but yeah.
1: No, I, I guess it Well, <laughs> no, time time's important for quite a lot of us, isn't it?
7: Yeah. Yeah. I think when, when you're pulled from pillar to post, even if you only save kind of five minutes here, ten minutes there, fifteen minutes there, it all it all adds up to being able to put towards stuff that you actually want to do.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I I bought myself a scanner someone sold me it for five pound because i didn't have anything i got sick of trying mirrorless because i've only got one tripod and it's not you know it's a basic one so you can't adjust the legs and move the mm. center out of the way so wherever i set it up it will catch the edge of a table so i won't be able to uh, put, put the um, negatives flat anywhere yeah and oh my god I, the last time I tried, I fixed the tripod under my mattress to keep it flat. <laughs> Switched the lights off, and I was like, "I need the minimum light here." And even then, um, shooting at f sixteen, uh, I thought the lens was flat, and the scans were out of focus slightly.
7: Oh, really? That's like pain in the ass.
1: Yeah. Because, obviously, uh, the greatest thing with a mirrorless is you can zoom in. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: And and, uh, I was like, God, I've had enough of this. So my last three, four months, I've just been sending them off to the lab. Mm.
7: Um, That's much cheap.
1: I've I've got a really reasonable one over here, to be honest. So I pay, like for colour, I only pay £5 for dev and scan. No,
7: that's not bad at all.
1: Yeah, and the really good people. Um, I think black and white is about eight pounds. So, yeah. So I just send off like five at a time, and it it's worth the postage then.
7: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. And how, how are you getting on with the scanner now? You uh, managed to get a workflow set up. No, it's it's
1: horrid. It takes twenty two minutes to scan four pictures, four frames
7: oh wow
1: yeah it's (laughs) i think it's like 10 year old so it's it's not particularly much fun
7: well that that nikon one that i i picked up earlier this year was or is uh 18 years old i think oh is it one of the um i've seen this it's a cool Cool scan scan.
1: yeah Yeah. Ah, okay so they're still still good then
7: yeah, I mean, it's um, I, I bought it from a guy on eBay who uh, said he'd come across it somewhere. I think at a maybe in a estate sale or something like that. Um, he couldn't vouch for for anything and blah 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 blah. And it had all of the accessories and <clears throat> manuals and warranty cards. You know, all of that kind of stuff, which at least makes me think it came from a good home originally. Mm. Um, and yeah, it was one of those situations where a punt kind of worked out in my favor. Um, absolutely stunning, Nick, I cracked it open just to make sure that the mirror and the internals, everything were clean. And yeah, I mean, zero complaints at all. The only problems I've had with that are ones of my own making and that's, you know, trying to, trying to hook it up to, uh, to various PCs and Macs.
1: Yeah. Like I say old technology, old drivers. Yeah. You got this. Yeah so it, i i feel an article coming on about this
7: <laughs> well I, I actually i posted um i posted an article just a couple of weeks back now um about connecting old gear up so uh, this particular device it's um what is it firewire 400 oh which, god yeah so if you've got a if you've got a pc Like a a desktop, a tower. Um, It's actually really easy. You just drop a PCIe card in and you can just plug your FireWire straight in. Job done. Um, I don't. And I wanted to use it on one of a a few kind of Macs and and an old Windows laptop. And I already use ViewScan, so I know the drivers are kind of no issue. You know, ViewScan will just do what it needs to do there. Um, and yeah, just trying to figure out how to daisy chain all of these different cables and adapters together just got me in the mood of saying, well, there's a whole bunch of other scanners out there. and Some of them are easy, you know, USB, some of them are, are, are pretty hard firewire 400 800 you've got um old scuzzy um i think the minolta dimage you know old scuzzy interfaces and stuff like that so I, I put together an article just talking about you know if you have x this is how you you connect it if you have y this is how you connect it if you uh, have yeah. z so I, I thought that was probably a bit more a bit more useful at the time but but yeah i mean i've got um i've got a few thoughts i guess i'm i should get down on paper about uh, just how it's how it's changed my workflow because it's n- not really something that i've spoken a lot about before um, just my own take on on you know how i do stuff and i think yeah maybe maybe there'll be a few people interested in reading that I don't know we'll have to oh, see i think
1: so because obviously people respect you f- for you know who you are and your brand, so I think you know anything you do like that from a personal perspective is gonna go down well. To be honest,
7: yeah, I think for, for me it's always. I was talking to Hamish about this the other day. It's mm. um, it's it's answering the question of whether that has value to other people. So things like you know how do you hook stuff up? Yeah, that's fine. I've written previously about my uh, kind of data backup and and archiving. Uh, system, system kind of, you know, w- what I do and, and how I make sure that I'm protected against data loss and how I archive my negatives and stuff like that. And I think, I, I think that's really, I think that's really, really important because there's, 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 a lot of low volume shooters over the last couple of years who've kind of moved into becoming more, um, let's say higher volume photographers and suddenly a shoebox with all of your negatives in it doesn't, doesn't really cut it. Um, and yeah, I went through, what was that, uh, about two months of just redoing everything, just, just absolutely everything. Yeah. Um, kind of physical archives, as well as um, kind of digital storage, and then backups, and then backing up the backups, and all, all of that kind of wonderful, lovely stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to reapproach my stuff at some point. Um... I'm terrible cause I actually work in the IT industry and, you know, make sure clients have it in place when sometimes I'm not quite as hot on it.
7: <laughs> it's always the way, though. It's the, you know, the builder with the half-finished kitchen, you know, the the IT guy with, with no semblance of kind of home networking or, or backups <laughs> in place. So it, 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 it's always the way. Yeah. but yeah no, if you've got any questions just check out check out the article i need to update it because the way that i'm doing stuff now has changed considerably um since the i think three years ago when i first wrote that
1: yeah yeah it's a while ago isn't it? yeah yes things changed. so data gets cheaper yeah. oh, that's cool i know one of the other big changes obviously you've got your own podcast as well
7: <laughs> well that that's technically been going since uh January. Um and it's it's uh, it's just a bit of fun really. And it's something it's something it's something that that Hamish and I do that I I don't really think has any has any value beyond um just two people talking and and complaining or or trying to fix problems that we we encounter on social media and just you know just in the community um it's it's not slick it's not well produced it's it's not even not even well planned out yeah well exactly um (laughs) yeah we we kind of Hamish and I had a, I think our conversation about, about editing. It was, um, it went along the lines of him saying, okay, well, you can cut it up and put it online. I was like, but I don't want to. And then he said, well, but I don't want to. Uh, and, <laughs> and, and then, you know, we kind of got past that impasse. So yeah, literally all I do is top and tail it, listen to it to make sure that, that it sounds as reasonable as we can get it. And it, it's, I'll admit to a bit of frustration and we have, we have both kind of invested in, in better, better recording gear, just to, um, you know, if the content is going to be a point of pain for people who are listening to it, then perhaps the audio doesn't need to be, do you know what I mean? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So, so yeah, we're we're hopefully we're hopefully going to get that sorted out properly by the by the time we we next record and yeah we'll see whether the content gets any better. I don't I don't hold out much hope.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think sometimes it's a case of you're persuading uh, Hamish.
7: Yeah, yeah. M- most of the time, he's he's the one who's persuading me, even though I feel like I've won. Um, mm. uh, I really haven't. So. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think the last one I he heard was uh, he was chatting away about uh, social media and Facebook and, and people just being awful, and mm. then all of a sudden he got a phone <laughs> call from that oh, scammer. Yeah. I mean that yeah 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 that's surreal, isn't it? Live
7: that that was. I mean we we were just chatting away and and yeah, like you say, this phone call comes in and it's like and he's like oh looks like someone's trying to. Uh, charge you know, 500 quid to my card or whatever. And then when the guy, when, when the call went through and the guy on the other end picked up, um, it, he was talking about something completely different, like, you know, BT broadband fraud or something like that. Um, and then I think about 20 minutes later, Hamish forgot that he was, that we were actually recording, uh, <laughs> as, <laughs> as well. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a, a strange, a strange insight into our conversations.
1: I think that's good though, because I think you can forget you're actually recording, and that actually it's just two people who get on, and often with uh, so, so even I have this. Often within an hour or so talking to someone, you you just mates. Mm, mm,
6: mm.
7: And, no, you, you're absolutely right. It, it's, it's just been, one of those things. Yeah. I think it, it's uh, that there, there are certain pod, pod, you know, podcast formats where it's very much. Q and A, it's a bit of grilling. It's okay. We have an objective that we need to get, you know, get done. And that, that's, that, that's, that's fine. That's yeah. actually for, for a lot of the kind of, um, informational content, it's actually really good because you, you, you have that interviewer, interviewee dynamic and, and, uh, a lot of stuff can come out in the wash. Um, I think the, the more conversational style is something that that I lean more towards. Um, just, just because I just, a lot of the time I'll listen to podcasts to relax. Um, so hearing stuff that isn't in a rigid Q and A format, just it, it, it's more conversational, it's something that you can fade in and, and fade out of it's just it's just happening you know and the, the the negative positive guys are probably so mike and andre are probably the best um at that in my opinion um yeah that's mike great. mike in his cave with his beer and 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 andre you know doing whatever andre's doing uh okay. in in los angeles and that that's yeah that's it's a lot of fun
1: yeah they're still on my list because i've been listening to quite a few at a time, but everyone quite like the classic lens, um, mm. which is yeah, it's another
7: example, actually. That's mm. another good example.
1: But the, some of them are just <clears> discussions <throat> on lenses and I, I literally have no interest. So sometimes they're harder for me to listen to. Um, mm. And then, yeah, you've got, yeah, total variety. I actually prefer listening to people, not from um, our own countries. Mm. I love mm. the accents. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. I love uh, listening to Gina Miller <coughs> from Australia. Um, right, right. Because she, she's uh, obviously worldwide famous and she interviews uh, it's a lot of Australians, but uh, worldwide. And her personality comes out and it and it's just so funny. Um, you know, I, I learned from one conversation with her, she likes cats she's got a thing for ginger people and it's like uh, that's really hard you can't just randomly ask someone like you say in a you know a question answer format so do you like ginger people i mean you can't ask that can you (laughs) no you
7: can't no no you can't well there, there, there may be times there may be times when you're talking about portraiture and and it, it might come up as a bit of a left field question but no it's not it's not the kind of thing you bring up in normal yeah. conversation right
1: yeah exactly yeah so uh yeah i've enjoyed moments like that where you get a little insight into the person hmm. that's something uh everyone needs to do a little bit because there is a few podcasts i've listened to and they are <clears throat> very sort of scripted or and it, it's one question and then someone rattling back to you. And I think, Oh, that's hard.
7: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I don't know. I, I guess some people are going to be uh, comfortable with that format. And actually the the conversational side of things is, is the bit that's outside of their, their comfort zone. So I, th- I think it's <clears throat> a lot of it yeah. does have to do with the, the kind of, Guest versus hosts dynamic, and I've, I've, I've certainly um, been a part of and listened to podcasts where things have flipped from uh, Q and A to conversational, and and vice versa. And I think if that happens naturally, then that then then fantastic. I mean, I, I guess that that's that's really my my um, point is. That, I, I like listening to podcasts that sound natural, that don't sound um, contrived and ordered and, and just overly structured.
1: You suss me out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I only do like a few points. That, like um, like when did ours, you think, right, so I've got, you know, the most famous blogger I know of photography. So there's bang, 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 Say so two or three points mm. you, you've got to ask. And, you know, if you get... Um, an architecture photographer and you're like, well, uh, this is a great shot you did. Can you tell us how you do it? You're always going to have a bit of that, aren't you?
7: Always. Yeah. Yeah, always.
1: Well, that's been fun. Um, so is there anything you would like to ask
7: me? Um... Well, I guess I think last time last time we spoke, we were talking about uh, large format. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you remember. Yeah, so we were talking about large format photography. I just wanted to know how how things have gone on that front, since we last spoke,
1: um, probably non-existent to be honest. Um, I shot the four or fr- four or five of, um, sheets I had in holders. They're actually just sitting <coughs> in a box, waiting for me to develop. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the biggest problem is the sort of medium format took over um, when I sort of uh, worked with. Andy Church at Kodak uh, I was like I really want to get this stuff done it's more of a priority for me mm. um, and then I think being talking to so many people about this idea of being object and project based mm. I started two personal projects and I know how to work my medium format uh, I'm, I mean I'm so confident with that now that I can just go out, no light meter. Um, and, <clears throat> I'm just trying to get through that, I think, to be honest. Mm-hmm.
7: Do, you, do, you think, do you think the large format is something that's going to just happen organically for you? Do you think you're going to structure a project around it just to give it a bit of a kickstart? Where, where do you think that's going for you?
1: Um, <clears throat> I think I'd probably need to get involved locally with someone to maybe back me up a little bit with it? Because it is a little bit harder, isn't it?
7: Yeah, well... Just, just the, I, like, I, the I, controls it,
1: and knowing the <coughs> short things.
7: I'd say um, it's... The reason why smaller formats are easier is because pretty much everything's taken care of. Uh, taken care of for you you know you don't you don't have to i think the, the closest the closest i've come to to shooting large format on a medium format camera um is probably something like the rb or the rz the the Mamias. Um, oh, right, yeah. because you know nothing is connected at all so you're cocking the shutter you're firing the shutter you're focusing you're doing this you're doing that you know you're, you're winding the film on yeah. Um, so I think with, with large format, it's not necessarily harder. It's just, um, we just have to, you just can't take everything for granted. Um, yeah. You know? And the, the, the whole, uh, Bellows extension and, and compensating for Bellows extension. Um, I've, I've, I've been for a long time, actually, up until probably the middle of last year, I, I thought that was completely the, um, the the well no not completely that i thought that was something that only needed to happen with large format cameras and diving into into macro uh macro a bit more and actually diving into medium format macro or um Mm -hmm. long extension kind of close close focused medium format photography um actually there's really well documented stuff out there about about compensation you need to make for lens extension um yeah i mean Hasselblad actually have they produced a few documents on it so even if you're not using macro extension tubes you know you put a let's say a 30 millimeter extension tube behind your lens and you need to compensate half a stop let's say with with an 80 um there are certain situations where if you're shooting extreme extremely close up with a the 80 or the 150 lens, lens um, and you're shooting slide film, you should actually make an exposure compensation of about a third to, to, to half a stop. Um, it's not something that's an issue. If you're shooting black and white or color negative, um, but it, it does happen. Okay. And yeah, that, that, that was, that, that was an interesting, a really interesting kind of uh, uh, realization last year. And I only started looking into it because I had some, uh kind of close focus and macro uh distance uh slide film that came back and the macro stuff with the extension tubes was perfectly exposed absolutely perfectly exposed but some of the the closer focus stuff was a bit under and I, it, just, it got me kind of questioning my metering um questioning you know what was there a sudden change in lights when, <laughs> when i when i tripped the shutter um and and digging into it the, the answer is no um you do need to you do need to compensate
1: mm. Uh yeah i think you're right you, you don't realize this stuff without people knowing um
7: yeah i mean it's it's what is it like a i don't know let's say a 50 millimeter lens on 35mm film will probably only move uh, back and forth from the film plane by uh, about let's say one centimetre so 10 millimetres a medium format lens like let's say the 80 on a on a on a on a Hasselblad or a modern 80 on a Hasselblad that might move as much as two and a half maybe three centimetres and then right other lenses will will move more as well so whilst you don't really have to worry about it on 135 especially if you've got a a ttl meter um it's something you should at least be aware of in part when you're shooting on on the larger format stuff
1: yeah i think i think there's a few little things here and there with film that um coming new into film and not being around these people um it's just words i've picked up and thought oh i I probably need to look at that (laughs) yeah yeah so it's uh, i've had it with uh i'll try and say it correctly reciprocity
7: reciprocity
1: reciprocity yes um (laughs) someone mentioned that for doing long exposure and i was like never heard of it yeah that's why my exposures are just rubbish
7: and, uh-huh. and it, it happens the other way <clears throat> it happens the other way as well so if you're you've got reciprocity failure on one side where you're taking long exposures and you need to you need to compensate for the reciprocity characteristics of that film by adding more time um most m- most films if you have a look at a data sheet for a film it'll say um i think uh, provia for example so it says you don't need to make any exposure compensations for uh, for shots that are between two seconds long and one ten thousandth of a second long. Um, and <clears throat> most people will say, OK, I, I know if I'm doing longer than two second frames, I need to I need to compensate for the reciprocity by, you know, this factor you know multiply my my meter time by 0.4 or whatever it is but if you're if you're on the other side of the 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 coin if you're shooting super super high speed photography um let's say you've got an nd filter on your lens um or you're pushing the film so you're actually pushing so you're you're taking a photograph at an equivalent of over one ten thousandth of a second. Um, that's also going to affect, um, your exposures as well. And you need to add time there as well. And that, that's something that I, that I first came across when I was sh- doing my, um, uh, five and six stop, uh, 400 speed, uh, black and white film kind of stuff, right. you know, the, the 12,800 ISO, the 25,600 ISO, and then the, uh, 52,000 ISO tests um so you're you're you know i've got a let's say i'm shooting at f16 at one two thousandth of a second um with a uh eight stop uh nd filter it, it, you know on 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 the front of it um and i was finding that okay if i wanted to to actually expose the the frame properly i would need to um let's say shoot that up 1,000th of a second or drop the aperture or, or reduce the ND kind of strength mm. down to let's say ND ND six for, for, for argument's sake. Um, so yeah, but, there there are so many, so, so many things that, that mm. you really, like, like you say, when you first start out, you're just, you're, you're not aware, like you've got magenta color casts on uh, certain slide films. Um, right. You've got. You, you might potentially have issues with certain kind of um, interior lighting with portrait, let's say, when that's pushed. That may result in a in a slightly different cast than than what you would expect. Um, yeah. And then and then yeah, long exposure reciprocity and and all of the other. Well, that's before you even get to like developing and stuff. You know, all of the other <laughs> all of the other crap just at the point of pressing that shutter button. It's no, good. Cool.
1: Lots, lots, lots to learn. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, w- I will get on with it. Um, I good. think talking to a few people with tin types and the wet plates that it'll happen. Um, like I say, maybe come up with a project idea first. But, uh, yeah, as I... we all do. We've got a million things on the go at once, haven't we?
7: Exactly, exactly. And I think if you if you have a reason to go out and shoot large format um and you know improve improve your your process and your abilities there that's that's when you're actually going to be picking it up and loading up the film holders and and taking it out if you don't if you don't have a reason to do it then it's you're probably always going to go and grab that medium format camera instead right it's your it's where your comfort zone is exactly
1: (laughs) yeah right well i've taken enough time with you um thanks so much for joining em pleasure uh i think all we need to say to our uh, love of listeners is um please do leave some itunes reviews <laughs>
7: <laughs> yeah and what, what, while you're there leave, leave a couple of uh five star itunes reviews for the hypersensitive as well that's that's a little it's a little goal of hamish and a uh, uh, hamish and mine <laughs>
1: mutual <laughs> respect
7: mate <laughs> <laughs> absolutely well that, thanks thanks very much for having me on i know it's uh it's just the beginning of your day um, over there what is it coming up to 10 yeah 10 in the morning now yeah yeah Lovely. Okay. well ha- have a good one mate and uh you know if you do find yourself at a loose end get that get that film developed so that you can free up those film holders for some more sheets all right will do thanks for lot. Um. <laughs> take care
1: Finally, thanks to all you listeners to I'm nothing without you and I hope you got something out of the show My aim is always to help educate people about other processes and genres of photography It's important that they remain fun but also show the personality of the person as it's these insights that resonate with me um, I have many more guests on my list and this will not stop so please keep listening I'm a humble person who loves to celebrate the work of other people, and hopefully, you've enjoyed and learned something from all my guests. I really can't thank the guests enough for uh, spending uh, a little bit of their lives with me and giving me a bit of an insight. Uh, a couple of people had to cancel or couldn't make it at the last minute, so there's a shout out to Dominique in New York, Leighton in Scotland, and Ashley in Australia. Um, I'm nothing without my wonderful guests. Each one has inspired me in a different way and each one has shown some compassion um, and an insight into their personality. It's great to say to you that so many of these have remained friends and I will always follow their work and showcase this where possible. Finally, just please remember and um, the website always contains the links to anyone featured in the podcasts. And um, please do help the show maintain its momentum by leaving an iTunes review. I can't stress how much it really does help with um, rankings to help the show. So thanks a lot, everybody. That's the 50th over and done one year of this amazing um, opportunity thank you all and please keep an eye out for 51 because i can assure you it's going to be amazing thank you